Hello and good day, A. Welcome to the Super Good Camping Podcast. My name is Pamela. I'm Tim. And we are from supergoodcamping.com. We are here because we're on a mission to inspire other families to enjoy camping adventures such as we have with our kids. Today, we want to like to welcome a wonderful husband and wife couple. They canoe and they hike in an epic way. We share many of the same motivations, inspired to get others outside and into nature and leave no trace to name a couple. They currently have 25 videos on their YouTube channel, chronicling their travel adventures and a stellar Instagram account. Please welcome Alex and Jess. Otherwise, known as Tents and Timber. Yay! Welcome. Oh, thank you both so much. So we wanted to know who's tents and who's timber. <laughs> <laughs> we were wondering if you were going to ask that. <laughs> when the name just because of being out in the woods and, and in a tent? Is yeah, that... mostly. And we kind of, it's kind of a play on words. So we let people kind of guess as to who's who and how that kind of works out. But yeah. See, I had that answer, and you said I wasn't allowed to say it. I said we're a PG-rated show here. It's a family show. (laughs) That's That's, that's we're taking a shot at, anyhow. (laughs) All right, so I followed you guys for a while. Thank you. Oh, man. Tim watches a lot of camping videos. I have some issues. We all suffer from that. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. It's it's good. It's a a group psychosis thing. How did you guys get into camping? What segue that into? You got into camping, but what made you go that extra step to start doing the couple camping? What front country, but into back country, et cetera, et cetera. Give me that road. Sure. I can give you my history. Jess's is slightly different than mine in the beginning. For myself, I always just went car camping as a child with my family. We had a trailer and tents and everything. So bouncing around to all the different Ontario parks pretty much as a child. And we ventured out to the East Coast once or twice, but you know, pretty much growing up into my mid-20s, I was always just, you know, driving up with my car, unloading everything and camping right there. Um, like you know, a lot of people do. No, I hadn't really slept in a tent really until 16, 17, so in my later teens. And then we started with our friends car camping and getting to the bridge of parks. I couldn't get enough of that. I wanted to be out there all the time. And then Alex started kind of dabbling in the backcountry. And then we did a backcountry camping in Killarney with a couple. And I just got the bug. I'm hooked. Can't get enough of it. Killarney's awesome. It's a beautiful park. Absolutely. So yeah, Jess and I have been together for like roughly 15-ish years now. And we started car camping originally together. And then I started going on what she calls man camping trips with my guy (laughs) friends into the back country. And I absolutely loved it. I'd never really done it before until my mid-20s. And then Jess and I have been just pushing ourselves and trying to get out there as much as we absolutely can and trying all different types of campings, whether it's hiking, uh, backpacking, or canoeing. And we still go car camping as well. Do you have a favorite park? Favorite park? That's a tough one. It depends if we're going car camping or front country camping or if we're going like back country. It totally depends. We really enjoy Grundy Provincial Park if we're going like front camping or car camping. Yeah, we really enjoy Arrowhead as well. We love Arrowhead too, yeah. As far as like back country canoe camping, you can't go wrong with Algonquin. It's the closest for us. That's why we kind of prefer that one. But like there's so many like French River, Killarney. There's so many places to go and see. It's hard to just say, yeah, this is my favorite because we want to go to them all. Yeah. Yeah. Tim and Thomas are going to take on the French River this year. Oh, wonderful. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, it looks like it. 
the big kid. He's my camping partner. So we've done Algonquin a few times, Kawartha Highlands, Killarney, all lake destination and portages. I'm not spring chicken anymore. I wanted to try, you know, bucket list thing. I want to try a river type deal. So we we actually read up one of the books. I think it was the 60 canoe routes thing of Kevin Callens. And he maps out a massive route where like Iroquois and the, the guys with the fur hats, hunters, trappers. Thank you. As you get older, you lose words. He mapped out a brilliant, it's an amazing route, except that it's like 85 kilometers. And I went, you know, I tend to be a taskmaster and we just push, push, push. I want to back off. I want to spend some time, do some fishing, which we'll get talking about at some point, I'm sure. Maybe just spend some time shooting some content. So this was the year to do a, a river route. So we're really looking forward to doing the French River. We don't think we've finished your uh, first question there. All right. As to how we got into social media, I suppose. Yeah. That was relatively recent. And it started with friends and family. Our parents were always asking, hey, what are you doing? Where are you going? And so we just wanted to share our adventures with them. And then it just kind of like spiraled from there. Like we had random strangers now asking us about our trips and then the community started building and that's been the absolute best part for us is communicating with people like yourself and Mm -hmm. reaching out and just chatting about gear and trips and routes and just all the like-minded people that we've come across really has just been an amazing part of being part of this big community that there is in Ontario yeah it is it's a huge community you're right yeah, the, the Ontario Outdoor Adventurers is what I sort of peg everybody as, but there's so many of them. And a perfect example is, is that you guys at the Ontario Outdoor Adventure Show, and then Kevin's running through like a lunatic with his camera and stuff. And then suddenly there's like 18 of you in a shot and they're all the people that we watch. So I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that was that was a ton of fun yeah, getting out there and meeting all the other YouTubers and all the social media people. That was an absolute blast. And yeah, Kevin surprised us. We were right there at the end and he just threw up the camera in front of our faces. And so yeah, it was a ton of fun. Cool. Very cool. So you do tons of backcountry stuff. Very cool. And there's a particular video. It's not going to come to me. You spent a night front country in order to be ready to jump into the backcountry. It's probably the one that I've watched a couple of times just because I liked, I don't know, the smartness of being there ready to go rather than driving the four hours and launching yourself into the backcountry, being exhausted, padding like a lunatic, whatever. Like it was a brilliant prep move. And <laughs> I stole it from you. I've used it now. Uh, we did Tea Lake in Algonquin last year and we stayed front country for the first night and then used that to move into the back country. Brilliant. So thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> it's, it's copyrights later. <laughs> now that you've done that sort of backcountry thing for canoeing, talk to me about hiking. What would make you go? I love water. I hate portages, not hate. I dislike them quite a bit. It's heavy, sweaty, buggy, all that sort of thing. My tiny brain says that's what hiking is. You're not carrying a canoe, but outside of that, you're carrying a heavy pack. You're sweaty. You're up. You're down. Why hiking? What made you guys want to do some of that? Um, I think it's just a challenge. I know for myself, I like the challenge of getting my pack as light as I can, getting our food on point. It's a, for me, that's a big challenge. It's a massive physical challenge, big on endurance and strength. And uh, yeah, that's a big part of it for me. Yeah, and we just like to mix it up. Like, you know, there's a lot of lakes in Algonquin, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, there's only so many places and different loops and routes that you can go. So we just wanted to mix it up and try new things and, yeah, get out there as much as we can. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're up for... Yeah, for on the adventure. <laughs> yeah, any type of adventure, it doesn't matter. So speaking of hiking adventures, you just did a massive, not just, recently did a massive West Coast Trail. Yep. 
Cool. And for the record, I looked it up and I saw West Coast Trail. I saw Pacific Crest Trail. And I also saw Pacific Coast Trail. And I swear the two PCTs are the same thing. They're just people using different turns. But I was trying to read. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Tell me about your West Coast Trail. Yeah, the PCTs and those ones are like across the whole United States. The West Coast Trail is on the west side of Vancouver Island in British Columbia. And it is a backpacking, hiking trail, multi-day, obviously, if it's 75 kilometers long. So they recommend about five to seven nights. So we try and treat a lot of our canoe trips and hiking trips and whatever backpacking trips as vacations because we only get so much vacation a year. And if we spend all of our vacation camping and canoeing, we want to actually enjoy a lot of it and not necessarily push ourselves and try and get, you know, as far as we can every single day. So we've really tried to like kind of slow it down a little bit. So we're relaxing and whatnot. So we figured if we're traveling from Ontario all the way to BC, so we hopped on a plane, flew over there. We wanted to make sure we enjoyed the trail as much as we could. So we actually spent seven nights on the trail. We probably could have done it in a faster time, but we wanted to enjoy it. From everything that we've read about the West Coast Trail, it is just absolutely stunning. So we wanted to fully take everything in as much as we could. So the West Coast Trail is, as I said, 75 kilometers long. It started as a First Nations trade route type of deal. And then roughly about 200 years ago, when all the ships started coming around, they started crashing into the shoreline. So that trail ended up becoming a rescue lifeline for all the all the shipwrecks and all the people that got crashed there. And it became known as the Graveyard of the Pacific, actually. So you can, along the trail, as you're hiking along it, you can see all the shipwrecks and there's boat anchors and parts mm-hmm. all over the shore, which makes it the history there really unique. And that's why we like it. We always kind of look, like looking up the history of the areas before we get there. So that part was really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. But the trail itself is absolutely nuts. It is... (laughs) listed as one of the most challenging or toughest trails in Canada. So we started at the north end of the trail, which so therefore we had to take a shuttle to get there. Yeah, we landed in uh, Victoria and we ended up just staying in a hostel for the first night. So we kind of did the jump off like we did at Cedar Lake. So we stayed in the hostel, got shuttle. Then the same thing was a logistics thing for us. Flying from Ontario to the um, WCT, we couldn't bring fuel. Right. So there was oh, yeah. a certain gear, but there are certain things you couldn't pack. So luckily, obviously the shuttles are used to campers and such. So the shuttle that we booked, we could purchase our fuel from. And then it was about five hours or so on that shuttle to get to the trailhead. And then obviously it's right along the southern coast of Vancouver Island. So it's one directional. So you start at the west end or you start at the east end. And we chose to start at the far end and then work our way back towards Victoria. Cool. Yeah. And you have to definitely look it up. I don't know if it's on your bucket list or not yet. I'm old. Highly <laughs> <I> recommend. <laughs> I, it looks cool. Watching you do your trip logs on Instagram has been, as I keep looking at it. I think I posted the other day something about, yeah, no, because it, it was a suspension bridge. And then it was this, this switch back of like up against the mountain. Yeah, no, no. Thank you. It looks fabulous. I'm going to watch people like you do it. <laughs> Yeah, we hope to get a, a video of it soon. We, mm-hmm. This trip was actually, we did it before we started our social media account and everything. So we just wanted to go back through it and post cool. it and share it with everybody because it, it was a trip of a lifetime. Absolutely. Like, it was absolutely insane. There's over a hundred 
vertical ladders that you have to climb over the length of the trail and about a hundred more bridges and boardwalks that you have to cross. Cable cars. They even have, yeah, cable cars, which is really cool. So you hop in this little car, gravity takes you across the river, kind of like a, a chairlift on a ski hill or something, but it's just like gravity fed and then you have to manually. Yeah, it, it gets you about halfway across the creek or river or whatever you're crossing and then you've got to pull yourself. Pull yourself. <laughs> so yeah, it was just really, really unique. The wild life was stunning. We saw bald eagles multiple times a day, whales and sea lions every single day. You don't get that here. Like we don't really have whales in Ontario. (laughs) Um, So that part was just absolutely blew our minds every single day. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, It's bucket list and early. Nice job, guys. I don't even know where to go after something that massive. I'm so jealous. Everybody gets to do bucket lists. I have smaller bucket lists interviewing Kevin Callan a few days ago, that was a bucket list thing for me because I've watched him since he really, since he started to do, be on interviews and stuff. It's like, oh, that's the camping guy, right? (laughs) Yeah, he's pretty popular that way. He is. He is. So if you don't mind, was it a quickie plan thing? I mean, a bucket list. So so I assume you've been looking at it for ages. How long did you actually spend planning the trip, like the nuts and bolts? Planning-wise, we were about six months out. Booking the trip is a little bit different because it's only open from, I can't remember, May, May till September. May till September. They don't allow you on it during the winter time because it's just the weather it's and too rugged, it's and too crazy, too so. crazy. So, and they only allow a certain number of campers per night on the trail. So that is all coordinated. So from the time that we booked it, kind of got ourselves organized, and we were planning it almost for six months, along with training for it as well. Yeah, we physically trained yeah. before we actually went on this trip to make sure our bodies could handle the toughness of the terrain. Well, the demand, we were going up and down mountains, up and down cliffs, ladders that were soaked so you'd slip on the rungs and things like that. So it was a very challenging but amazing trail. What did you do to train for that? Just working out at home, jogging, running. Yeah. We actually, actually putting our backpacks on and walking down the street. And I'm sure our neighbors were like, who the, who the heck are these guys? And where are they going? Yeah, and I did a lot of, I found some flights of stairs that I could do. So I did a lot of stairs and then I'd add in a weighted backpack just to kind of get your legs and your back prepared for the inclines was a big thing for that I did. So we'd read, there's a crazy statistic actually, that they evacuate somebody from the West Coast Trail every day and a half. So if that puts it into perspective, we wanted to make sure we were on our absolute A game. Yeah. So Not, not ones to be to be hauled out. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. It's a temperate rainforest. So everything is wet all the time. Everything has mist on it or moss. There's a ton of banana slugs crawling over everything all the time. You're basically just damp for the the entire time. (laughs) I sweat enough. It doesn't matter where I am. That's how that plays for me. Footwear. So if everything's slippery and wet and stuff, did you did were you specific about what you wanted to have on your feet in in order to minimize the whoop? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I swear by my uh, Solomons. I've, I've worn them forever, and I keep buying the exact same pair of boots every single time. And they have monster like well, really good treads on the bottom, kind of like chevron shape shape. And I absolutely love them. And Jess now swears by them too. She recently just bought a pair and now she's using them as well. So that's what we use. They're Gore-Tex shoes and kept our feet dry for the most part. But we also wore wore gaiters, which if you're unfamiliar with gaiters, they are just basically like a little shield that comes up to just below your knee and helps protect 
you know, your boots filling with dirt and mud all the time because you're just stepping and walking in mud. Uh, as a crazy statistic for you, the West Coast Trail receives 330 centimeters of rain a year versus Toronto receives like 80 centimeters, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be, be way smaller. Yeah, for so sure. It receives a lot more rain, so everything's just wet and damp all the time. Yep. Cool. But lots of green. So that's nice. That's easy on the eyes, easy on the nerves, right? Absolutely. Yeah, they have, beautiful. They have some of the biggest trees in Canada there. So it was beautiful that way to witness and see all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Staying warm a problem when you're damp all the time? Yeah, it never really gets too, too cold. Like kind of average temperature was about like 14 degrees. So we were extremely lucky on our trip. Yeah. We watched a couple YouTube videos before we went and we watched people experience five, six, seven days of rain straight. So we, we had five days of like sunshine and then the last two days it kind of rained on us a little bit. Lightly though, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I couldn't imagine it raining the entire time on the trail. It would have been very dangerous, I think. So certain parts of it, it would be a bit of a hazard. So we were so grateful. We just didn't want to jinx it. Let's not talk about it. It's great. You know, <laughs> Knock on wood. let's just keep on trucking. <laughs> Nice. That's cool. Yeah, that would be, especially for a bucket list thing like that, for it to pour on you for seven days, that'd be a little poopy. Mm-hmm. And that's why we struggle with whether or not we should go back and do it again, because we might not have the same outcome and then we might not remember it as well. Mm-hmm. And on a high note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me some of the cool things you found along the way. A wicked long bridge. There was a halfway point thing that was very cool. Tell me the cool things. For sure. The, the big trees, like we, we have big trees here in Ontario, but the trees there were just, the, they don't even compare. They were just absolutely massive. So just how knowing how old these trees are and how big they are was just really, really neat to see. The one thing that I think you're trying to ask us for is the the dead sea lion that was washed onto the beach and there was a bald eagle standing on top of it, it enjoying it as a meal. Uh, we did also encounter a black bear carcass that had washed ashore at some point. Um, but yeah, as far as cool things, just every day being able to look out into the ocean, we had to sleep on the beach every single day. They're very strict that way. They don't want you sleeping in the forest because it's sensitive. They don't want to damage any of the plants. Yeah, like staying on the trail is really important and part of the orientation as well. So, oh yeah, before we even start the trail, you have to take a one hour orientation to learn about the tides because the tides can rise up. 10 feet or more, and then you get stuck somewhere. So you have to pay attention to the tides and the tide charts. Uh, and so you're not getting pinned somewhere that you can't get out of. Mm-hmm. But even for your tent placement, so all of the campsites are along oh, yeah. and such, right? So you have to be mindful where you put your tent, that you're not too close. There's only a couple of campsites, I think, that got a little close for comfort. Yeah, you wake up and the, the ocean's like 40, 100 feet away from you, and you wake up and it's five feet away from you. Mm-hmm. So That'd that, be a little freaky. Interesting. You know, on the Great Lakes, we don't really have to worry about tides. So that was a different element. And there was one portion of the trail as well that was, once we got to it, we had to wait for the tide to go out to continue on the trail. 
because there was like this little cove section that we had to wait through. Like, okay, well, we'll stop for lunch, have a bite, and then continue on afterwards. So that to me was just a holy smokes. This is no joke on this trail. So well, that's interesting to do something so foreign. I mean, we have all kinds of water, but we don't deal with that in any way, shape, or form. Wind, sure, but not tides. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And that's why the orientation was so important too, just to get us up to speed with what we're really going to be up against and learning about, you know, the bear boxes and everything. It was really important. That orientation was key. Did you see live bears or just the, the bear carcass? <laughs> the, the We never saw a live bear, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, however you want to look at it. <laughs> Whether it's grizzly or not. The very first day. So we took the orientation and we started down on the beach and we got like a hundred feet into the trail and there was bear tracks. And because of the tides, those would have been underwater about three or four hours prior. So like that bear had just been there. There's no other way for those tracks to be there because it would have been underwater. So that was kind of eye-opening right off the bat. And then at like the halfway point on a couple of campsites, there was fresh posters up saying cougar in the area, be aware. And then even along the trail, there's tsunami evacuation points and stuff like that. So like there, there is so much to it. Like we could talk your ear off for hours and hours, I'm sure, because it was just so beautiful and amazing and scary at the same time. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of tides off the top. If you spent six months planning, maybe you come across it. It certainly would not have occurred to me tsunamis. Like It's just not a thing. (laughs) We're in the middle of the country here it doesn't we don't get tsunamis it's not happening big you know four foot waves fine but tsunamis no but that's a cool experience to to have those challenges that you're not used to so i i don't know somehow that would probably it would probably enhance the experience perspective wise looking at it as you're going out that'd be cool scary but cool Uh, bear prints. Yeah. Three hours earlier. Okay. Especially out there. Terrifies me. We did an episode where we, we talked about bears because people are freaked out about bears. It's like, you know what? Black bears, not such a big deal, man. Put your food up. You're probably okay. Grizzly bears. I don't want to know about camping anywhere that there might be grizzly bears. It's, uh, I'm just going to stay away from that and I'm going to be okay. Cause I, I have no idea. Like that's crazy bear spray, I suppose. But, and then you watch somebody like Adam Schultz, who's out, you know, and he's waving at them and stuff like, okay, you're a way better guy than me. Cause I'm chicken. And he's doing it by himself, like a thousand miles from anybody else. And, it doesn't mm-hmm. crazy. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't portage. The, he drags the canoe with a 175 pound pack on his back. And I'm not worthy. I'm not. <laughs> All right. So that sounds like an awesome trip. Give me a a handful of favorite things about camping. What makes you want to keep going back out there? Well, for the starters, it's the planning of everything. We really enjoy thinking about the trips and planning where we're going to go and the locations and our food, what we're going to have. That's a big portion of what we enjoy, even before we get camping, is the planning of it. Yeah, we almost get as much enjoyment from creating the Excel spreadsheets for what we're going to pack and the food and everything as we actually get from going on the canoe trips. We, we like our Excel spreadsheets, I must say. Tim spends a year wow. planning where we're going camping the following year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we have trip routes planned for the next five, ten years. <laughs> Every time we stare at a map, we're just like, oh, okay, oh, we got, here. Yeah, let's add that one on there. Oh, that looks like a good fishing spot. Let's go there. Yeah. Yep. Um, so fishing, I guess, would be a secondary thing, why we enjoy our camping trips. My family was not big into fishing uh, as a child, but it's just I've something I've always enjoyed and being able to you know, go out there and, and catch some fish and then have a meal from it fresh. 
is absolutely awesome too. But my fishing skills are not anywhere near like some of the other famous social media people by any means. But uh, and I hear Jess is quite the fisher woman. She, she usually outfishes me. Yeah, that's true. Perhaps first fish, usually first fish, not always the biggest fish, but still, there's that counts for something. Yeah, yeah. We just did a spring canoe trip here a month ago, or not quite a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and yeah, she caught the first fish, of course, on that trip as well. Like it's just standard. I know she's gonna catch well, the get, fish. Getting the weekend started, you know, get the first one on the hook. Yeah. Then it's, I'm done. Signing <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, I'm winning. I got it. <laughs> so Jess, do you clean them as well? I have in the past, but usually that's Alex. She's the cook. I'm the... Yeah, usually pass that off to this one too. <laughs> I, I make the mess. Well, I cook too, though. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hey, that's not sharesies. It's not. I wash dishes. Fine. Yes, dear. Cool. Favorite places to fish? Both of you, whether they're if they're different or not. It doesn't really matter. I was going to say, I'm not sure. Fishing. I, I like going new places to new lakes and not knowing what's in the lake and trying to have to figure it out that way, I suppose. So right now we're trying to catch specific species of fish. So when we go out fishing, okay, let's try and catch bass today. Let's try and catch a walleye today and actually target specific species. So as, as far as the favorite lake or pond or wherever we go, it doesn't really matter. We have some small ponds kind of around us and we can just go and fish in them for hours at a time. Some days we're pretty close to Lake Erie. So we'll go out on Lake Erie. We're open to anywhere. <laughs> Fishing is fun no matter what lake you're on it. Yeah. Even if I don't Whatever catch anything. Whatever you're catching, at least you're trying. Even or... if you're not catching yeah. anything, it's, it's still fun. Cool. Well, yes, I suppose it's fun. It's more fun if you catch. Just saying. I absolutely oh, yeah. agree, but it's still way better than uh, a day spent at work or something like that. <laughs> so I'll sit out there in the canoe all day long and not catch anything versus sit all day at work and do work. I hear you. <laughs> I can't disagree with that. Don't tell my boss that I said that. <laughs> My, my boss knows. My boss knows that I'm, I'm just getting all to it. As I get twitchier, it's like, okay, oh, your camping trip must be coming up. It is. It's been too long. I got to go. Bye bye. Anything else great. you guys want to tell us? Maybe you can tell a story about each other. <laughs> the time she set the tent on fire. <laughs> No, we luckily haven't done that. I haven't done that, fortunately. No, I don't think we have any crazy stories, really. You know, that was always our parents' fear, and that's why we started the social media thing. They were always, you know, our moms are always worried about, oh, you're going to get eaten by a bear or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, like, in you know, for your listeners and and everything like that, we've been doing this for almost 10 years. I've seen two bears in the backcountry in my entire time in two years. And both times they disappeared faster than I could pull my smartphone out of my pocket and turn take it on. Take a picture. A yep. Like it yep. was unbelievable. Like smartphones take a half a second to turn on and take a photo. And that bear was gone before I could even get that out of my pocket. So that part of the stories kind of ease our mother's fears, I suppose, about us going into the backcountry and, and doing what we do. So that's the semi-scariest thing, I suppose. It's, everyone's always afraid of bears. And that is not our fear at all. No. Nope. For me, it's raccoons and get the heck out of whatever it is that you're into. The one year they got into my sugar cubes for my coffee and and they just kept coming. Oh my God. I kept going out, chasing them away and I didn't know what they were doing. So then I went back and then they'd be at it again. It's like, 
we tried to use a seal bag hanging as our as our food storage and they climbed down the rope chewed through the seal bag that heavy rubber not kidding chewed through the seal bag and we were throwing things at them they didn't care they're just raccoons it's not the bears it's the raccoons man i'm telling you they make me crazy <laughs> it's that I, I made thomas go out and throw things up because i was tired by then thank you so much for coming guys hey thank this, you so much, this for, having having great. much for having us this has been wonderful this has been a ton of fun cool well maybe we'll do it again after your next big adventure what is your next big adventure oh we have so much planned for this year you'll have to kind of hang along and stick and check us out and we have some pretty cool and exciting things planned mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be an awesome summer excellent then we will continue to follow you on youtube and on your instagram look them up as tents and timber on both platforms they're awesome thanks for coming out hey thank you yeah, so much thank you both so much thanks for doing what you do that's it for us for today thank you so much for listening and thank you so much to our special guest tense and timber please do check them out on all the social media and i'm pamela i'm still tim we are at hi at supergoodcamping.com that's hi at supergoodcamping.com and please find us on all the social media too we'll talk to you again soon bye, bye.